Welcome to Lifting Leaders Podcast, where we are unleashing leader possibilities to make a better world. I'm Crystal Roberts, and together with Trisha Ryan, we're diving deeper into some of the complexities of the world's most critical challenges and exploring innovative ways of navigating through them. Through interviews with experts and leaders just like you, we're exploring what it takes to thrive as a leader today and examining new ways of thinking about how to creatively lead into a more equitable, socially responsible, and sustainable future. And the future starts now. Today, we are thanking our lucky stars because we have with us one of my favorite people in my life, Andrea Lucky. And while she's told me many times in the last few months since I invited her to be a guest on our podcast, I'm not an expert. I reassured her that she is exactly what we want on our show. We want to showcase excellent leaders who are challenging the status quo, who are walking their talk and modeling the way, who show up every day to do the hard work of being a courageous leader. I know you are going to find inspiration, camaraderie, and just plain everyday wisdom to help lift you as a leader in these challenging times. Today, we are talking about the importance of community. We've talked about the challenges the whole world is facing, and we also know that to make real impact, it almost always starts at home, making real change in the communities around us and that we live within from our own family systems to our neighborhood councils and tribes and villages. Today, we're talking with Andrea Lucky, who is the Vice President of Human Resources for our Community Credit Union, on how to develop cultures with community at the center, what difference having a focus on the community and commitment to the community makes in an organization, and what impact having a commitment to and engagement in the community have on an organization's culture. With more than 30 years in the field of human resources, she is also going to share with us her perspective on the lasting impacts that COVID is having on the workforce and workplace and what leaders should be considering as we try and figure out what this next normal looks like and how we can support leaders as they craft a path forward for our teams and organization. Andrea is Vice President, Human Resources at Kitsap Credit Union. Andrea began her career in human resources as a compensation analyst at the Port of Seattle. She moved to Torre, a carbon fiber composite manufacturing company, where she began working as a human resources coordinator. Over the next 18 years, Andrea held multiple positions at Torre before earning the role as director human resources. She holds the distinction of being the first female promoted to an executive role at Torre. Andrea joined Kitsap Credit Union in 2020, leading the human resources and leadership and development teams on strategies and best practices, and overseeing the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging committee for the organization. With a career spanning more than 30 years, Andrea is recognized as a culture champion and cultivator of exceptional employee engagement. She has successfully helped organizations identify and strengthen their desired corporate cultures improve employee engagement, and grow financial performance. Andrea is a member of Chief, a private network built to drive more women into positions of power and keep them there. She holds a Master's of Science degree in Human Resource Development from Villanova University, a Bachelor of Business Administration from Pacific Lutheran University, and certifications in multiple human resources professional organizations. On a personal note, Andrea and I met early in our careers and have been colleagues and friends ever since. Andrea is passionate, smart, 
courageous, kind, and driven. I have always admired Andrea's ability to tell the truth, even when it's hard and not popular, and to stay committed and deeply rooted in her integrity. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much. I just, um, just my heart feels so good hearing everything that you said, and um, I'm really excited to be here. This is this is a wonderful experience. Thank you for having me. We are so glad to have you here today, Andrea. And so I'm going to start off our questions with the first one, which is we're going to ask you to tell your story and tell us how you got here today. Okay, great. So I'm. I've always been a very um, analytical and, and task-focused kind of person just throughout my whole life, an overachiever. You know, I always go for that extra credit in the classroom. I want to get the A+, plus, um, and very driven. Um, but I'm also a continual learner, and I always like to learn new things. And growing up, whether it's been with my family, with teachers and educators, you know, I was never told that I couldn't do something because I was a girl or a woman. Um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, math is hard for girls or, you know, that kind of thing back in the day. And I was never given that impression. So I really, um, having that love of math and that analytical side, I, I went into college thinking I was going to be a, a math major. Hmm. Um, that totally changed. <laughs> just didn't bring me enjoyment. I like math, but that that, that changed pretty quickly. And um, but I I realized that there are some business courses that you know I was thinking maybe an accountant again that just didn't really fit with what I what I wanted to do. But I started taking as part of a business degree some human resources classes, and I realized that there are. Um, roles within the human resources function that have an analytical side to it. So compensation and benefits um, is, is one big area. So I started to kind of dive into that. Um, and I really felt, um, I really felt at home there because I was able to use that analytical side. Um, there's, there's, there can be some very black and white things, but there's also a human side to that. Um, so it's like an art and a science together. So that really spoke to me. And that's how I got started in, in my career uh, was in compensation and benefits. And then as a continual learner, I just went from there to um, when I started at uh, Toray, um, an HR coordinator, I just started to build up my human resources experience, becoming a manager, um, being more of a generalist and, and moving into management positions uh, from there and learning more and more about the whole gamut of, of really of human resources. So that's that's really how I grew to where I am today. Yeah, that's so interesting, actually. I didn't actually realize that now that you said that about being more analytical. Um, of course, I understood that, but the whole math piece. So, yeah. yeah, so, so interesting. And it's interesting how our strengths Mm -hmm. uh, can be utilized in so many different ways, you know, and I right. love, love the fact that you were like, I'm not going to give up on this strength and this love I have. I'm going to figure out a way to actually utilize it. And so that that's awesome. I love the way you you took uh, a very specific area of HR and you went to a new organization and then just expanded that, which is what we need in leaders. We need them to look at the bigger picture, not just uh, be a specialist, because being a specialist is a great thing, but it really does box you into a particular area. And so you, um, 
you, you saw the, the writing on the wall, apparently, and, and went for a broader view of HR, which is so hopeful, I think, for people who right now are trying to figure out how to break out of a specific area of either HR or any other area in an organization. How do you get to a leadership position if you are essentially a specialist? Right. And and you're right. Uh, learning is so important. Um, you never stop learning. And I know some people feel like, oh, I can't learn anymore. Or you have the old dogs can't learn new tricks kind of thing. But um, I think that's a really important um, competency that, that leaders need to continue um, to to have or, or build um, in their repertoire. Yeah, that... that lifelong journey of learning, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so, so important. All right, I'm going to ask our next question. Um, So as you know, the mission of this podcast is to change the world through lifting up leaders and unleashing possibilities. Meg Wheatley says, in order to change the world, we have to start within our own local systems and community. You have worked for private firms, government, and now a community credit union. Recognizing that every firm, regardless of what sector they're in, has a unique culture. From your experience, what differences do you see? And what impact does having a commitment to and engagement in the community have on an organization's culture? That's a great question. Um, you're right. Each, each organization does have its own culture. Um, there are obviously some similarities between industries, um, but even within you know, companies within that in- industry, um, there are distinct differences with how they operate and um, and the way that they might attract individuals to that location um, or to that, that company um, is definitely an indication of the culture that, that's there. So, I mean, for example, some companies, there's a, a, you have a sales culture. So, you know, sales companies, places that have a sales culture, very similar, but there's also going to be some unique differences within that company's culture itself. Um, if it's a hardcore step over people type of um, environment or, or, um, or if it's more customer focused. Um, and so each is, is very different. Um, our organization here at Kids at Credit Union, we're very member focused. Um, and so we do a lot in the community and a lot for our members. Um, that is that is really important. And I think one thing that's really important to remember is that um, with, with community involvement being so important, you really also need to remember and not forget to focus on um, internally because what you mm-hmm. are developing internally is what you're employees are putting out to the community. And if it doesn't align, um, you're not going to be successful. Well, you know, what you just said just resonates with me because I've worked in places before where, you know, during orientation, we'll look around the room and say, just look around, look at the people in this room. You are our customers. You know, you are the people who are the culture out there. And so when you're talking about how, you know, you need to focus internally, I think that Look, looking internally and saying you are our customers and, and prob- most probably your employees are your customers, right? Absolutely. We, we have many um, employees who become customers or we call them members. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have members who become employees because they mm-hmm. have so enjoyed uh, working with us and enjoy that, that culture that we have that they want to be a part of that mm-hmm. for their employment. 
Oh, I yeah. love that. And that set, that synergy is um, keeps that energy going, right? Keep, keeps yeah. that yeah. um that those good vibes going. That that's awesome. Yeah. Andrea, you have almost 30 years working in a field of HR. Um, what have you found that worked particularly well to build a positive culture? You know, there are a lot of things that go into culture. Um, it's just, yeah, it's an exhaustive list, I guess. But <laughs> some of the most important, I would say, is um, you, first of all, you need to define what that is. What type of culture do you want? What's what's mm-hmm. your future state? And then from there, you also need to determine where are you now? Yeah. <laughs> and Definitely. then you then you can define how you're going to get there and how, you, how you're going to get there um, to your future state. And it is not a quick fix. It, it will take years mm-hmm. um, to get there and, and consistency. But one of the most important things that you have to have is you've got to have active commitment from the top. Um, this cannot be a thing that HR is pushing or, or perceived as this is just an HR thing. Um, because if the leaders are not following through with what is being said, it's never going to work. And I say active commitment because there's a difference between just saying it and actually doing it, taking, yeah. taking that, that action and walking the talk. So active commitment from the top is imperative. Um, it also obviously needs to align with your vision, mission, and values. So we're very member focused. So what we do needs to support that. Um, it can't be something completely, completely different. I mean, there's a piece of a sales culture there because we do have products that we sell to people, but it's not, um, you know, the sales culture. Uh, you've got to balance that with the member culture uh, that we have here. So it does need to align with your vision, mission, and, and values. And an important thing to remember, um, I think, is that, and this goes along with the commitment from the from the top, is your culture is the worst thing that you're willing to tolerate. So mm-hmm. if your employees wow. see that you're allowing things to happen, though your words are saying or your values are saying something else, but you're not dealing with that very issue that you've just defined your culture right there. It has, what you're saying has no meaning. Um, I would also say that with culture too, it's it's got to start from day one or really negative day one. So being in HR, you know, we're looking at the candidate experience. Before you start working here, we are showing who we are to our candidates, yeah. um, our members walk in the door who may work for us. So we need to make sure that we are doing what, what we say is important, what our culture is from that candidate experience uh, from right out of the gate, all the way through when somebody leaves. Um, And another piece that is absolutely critical is the constant communication, because it's not going to be something where you can just say, hey, this is what we want, and then um, you just move along and and never talk about it again. So you've all of your leaders, everyone, everyone from the top down, they need to know what it is, um, who we are, where we're going. Um, and it needs to be communicated constantly. You can, you can never over communicate. I would say pretty much on anything you can never over communicate. Um, and then there are things like, you know, just you measure, um, what's important and that's, what's going to get done. So you want to take pulse, pulse checks and see where Mm -hmm. you are as you're moving along. You've got where we are now, where we want to be, What's our progress? 
and and we we, we need to get a, a pulse on where we are so that we can see if we're making progress in that direction if we're moving the needle to the right um, and one thing that i like to say is um you know we talk about in hr that um, if somebody's going to be a, a good culture fit. But I've changed that lately, and I'm looking at what's going to be a good culture ad. Mm. So who we're bringing in or what we're doing, is that adding to our culture? Or is it degrading our culture? Yeah. You know, making decisions on those kinds of things. Is this a culture ad? Um, so that's a new, uh, new mindset shift, I guess, instead of a fit. It's, it's um, adding to the culture. So those are a few important things. I mean, there's so many different things that you can talk about with that, but, um, and, and then getting feedback. And I said, like taking the pulse, you know, right. that's, that's critical is getting feedback from employees, seeing what they want, what they need, what they're feeling and acting on it. <laughs> the all important and acting on yeah. it. <laughs> that's, that's the, yeah. If you aren't going to act on it, don't even ask the question. Yeah. Right? Don't bother. Yep. Yep. That's so good. Yeah, uh, gosh, I, I think with our <laughs> experience with um, making change and helping organizations with culture, um, that aligns so well uh, with what, what we have experienced and learned as well. That all important piece about starting at the top, so, so critical and can be so tough, right? Yeah. It's we don't expect people to be perfect, but if when you're when mistakes are made, they have to be talked about, and they have to be people have to apologize, or there has to be an exit from the organization if it's a really egregious thing. But really holding people to uh, be accountable for right. for acting and behaving in ways that we say are important in our organization. And authentically, I mm -hmm. think it's so important. You know, I I have seen leaders in not too past far um, far in the past that have said the words and have done the due diligence to put out the communication but could not act on them to save their lives and i think it's because they clearly just don't quite understand how they fit into that piece you know and i think that often if you can't see yourself doing it or you can't see yourself in it or where it fits in your life it's kind of hard to come across as an authentic leader in that sense you know and so it's um it's so important that early on when culture is being decided or when it's, you know, when you were talking, Andrea, about how, you know, you start at the top and they have to, um, they have to have an active, active commitment to it. It's really that they have to understand how they fit into it as well, because if it's going to be culture, it has to be something you're going to do all the time. It's not something that you say is a good idea and you, and you check the boxes that mm -hmm. oh, today I did this, today I did that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's who you are. Yes. You know, you're saying who you are. So yes. you need to be your authentic self, right? So if this is who you're wanting to be, then that's how you have to act and respond and be accountable. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Love that. And I also love your ad about culture ad. Mm -hmm. I thought that was great. I, is this a culture ad? Um, that's and a nugget. Yeah. That's a definite nugget. We're going to have to put that one on a, <laughs> yeah. on a poster. <laughs> And you could think of that really quite broadly. Like, really, that could be one of your decision criteria, right? Like, around anything that you're doing. Is this program that we're rolling out to support employees or um, this benefit package? Is How is this going to support our culture? How is that an ad uh, for that? 
And if it's not, we better figure out either a way to make it uh, that way or um, to to understand why that is so important that we could that it's going to actually we know what the impact is going to be to culture and how do we maybe shore it up somewhere else. You know, that really almost begs the question, how are you going to hold people accountable for that in a sense? You know, like see them in the elevator and their elevator speech would be how what what am I adding to the culture that would be quite a homework assignment I think for people to come up with but that's a good one (laughs) right yeah very good all right I've got the next one I think right um human resources is the heart of every company of course we, we come from human resources, right? So we're, we're it, man. Yes, we are. <laughs> but it is, we are, I think when you think about the actual heart, we are the heart. We aren't the necessarily the most important or, um, you know, we're not producing the revenue, but we're the heart of every company. Uh, we know what a vital role HR has played, particularly in the past few years, to guide organizations through these really challenging times. What were a few things that you did to sustain yourself, your employees, and leaders in your organization? Yeah, this is so important right now because, you know, just with the uh, great resignation, all the stuff that's going on, it's just, it's burnout. People are just burnt out. They're tired um, of dealing with everything. There's so much going on and it's all change and change is hard and um, it's, it's a tough one. But some of the things that we've done, again, being, you know, member focused and um, employee, you know, focusing on our employees as well. We, and being an essential business, actually, you know, we're, we've got, you know, maybe members who are coming in who are angry just because of everything going on too. Mm-hmm. So our employees are, you know, having to deal with maybe being short staffed because of, of just people exiting workplaces and then dealing with members who are just frustrated because, nothing's the same as it used to be. So it's been really tough. Um, and so some of the things that we've done to, to deal with it, <clears throat> I'll start there with what we've done with uh, like our employees, but we've set things such as um, no meeting days, you know, one day a week mm. where you don't schedule any meetings so that people can get other things done. We also blocked off time in the middle of the day from 11 to one, a couple hours each day, and this was more earlier on in, in the pandemic, but we did this so that em- employees could be with their families to help kids with homework because they're they're in class at home online. Um, you know, all these things or childcare, lack of childcare because things were closed. So um, we scheduled that time off where people could use that time to take care of other things. Um, We've also added, of course, everyone that could work remotely, worked remotely. So we sent people home. We've got um, uh, Surface tablets for everyone um, so that they could go home and work. Um, our branches, they have to be there, um, but there are a few things we could do there. We, um, to, If there were short staffing or people were short staffed in some particular areas or markets, you know, we would look at, can we, can we just have the branch be open for, um, office hours or, or uh, appointments, excuse me, or just the drive-throughs so that we can make sure that our employees are not being overly burdened or stressed out with people coming in when there just wasn't the staff maybe in that area to deal with the employee pop, or the, excuse me, the members coming in. Um, so there are things like that that we did. We've also added a, um, 
a uh, meditation app. Uh, we, we brought that onto our benefits platform um, and kind of uh, marketed that out to people to use. Um, we added a uh, care.com to our employees so that they can find help with, with getting care, or whether it's regular care and resources to find care for their employees or parents, pets, um, or emergency care. So if you have that um, care provider who calls sick so they have nowhere to take their children um, mm. to be able to work, you know, there's another option there. Um, and then we also did a lot of gifts. We would send our employees little surprise gifts. Like a, we did a little um, logoed speaker that said, you know, we hear you, we're listening. Mm. <laughs> or thanks for knocking our socks off. And we sent them, you know, socks. Um, and then looking at hybrid work. Um, and, and that's moving into what the new normal is um, with how we need to respond. So there's the emergency response to the quick, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? This um, pandemic has hit. And, and then listening to our employees and, really just being there um, too, to, to some extent, it's just listening to them because they are having a tough time offering the things that we can and then looking at how we move forward um, to continue to do business, but to give our employees the, the balance that they need between work and, and home and everything else that's going on in their lives. I love the fact that you have a balance or kind of a mix. So I've seen organizations that do like what you're talking about, the send a pair of socks, but this pair of socks for knock your socks off is super hollow. If you haven't done the things that you were talking about around no meeting, no meeting days, um, letting people have some flexibility so they can um, help their children with their homework when they were working or they were um, going to school from home, those sort of things that you've put in place so important listening you were talking about just listening and hearing employees like how's it going before you give us some feedback so we can make it better for you all those things so important and then when you layer on those socks uh knock your socks off service those really matter so i i love that mix it's so important you know, I agree. And I, I think about this time as a time for some people, it will be the only time in their lives that they've had this kind of a trauma, you know, that's hit the earth, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there are other people who have probably been through other traumas in the world. And so they're a little more resilient when something happens like this. They know that if you follow, you know, the rules and everything goes according to Hoyle, you're probably not going to melt. However, you know, it is really nice to have an organization that keeps you on track and keeps you thinking about some of the positive things that are happening and letting you have that time you need to take care of the things that could be so not positive if yeah. if it weren't handled well. But um, I, I think to me that is so honorable to have you know for your organization to be taking care of the people that work there because that's what you stand for right and that's how they become Mm -hmm. great customer service or member service representatives right is they if they're treated well they're going to treat others well so that's lovely yeah it goes back to the community piece and and working on the internal stuff so that that we are treating our members then Mm -hmm. um so getting into that community exactly Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so as we are looking forward from your perspective, uh, what are essentials in the new normal? How do we help our organizations embrace this? What role do leaders play? 
And what are you doing to support leaders to successfully fill this role? A lot of questions. Yeah, <laughs> An important questions one, right? <laughs> Everybody's talking about this. So, Andy, we want you to solve it. Tell us the answer. We just want the answer, okay? So, well, first of all, flexibility is key. It's um, and grace. I would say also grace is key. Um, you've mm. got to give people grace um, because everyone's just doing the best they can. Things are changing constantly, and you've got to be able to adapt. So um, flexibility is definitely key. I guess next I would say, how do you how do you embrace that or help the organization to embrace that? Is really three C's, communicate, communicate, and communicate. <laughs> you got to keep, you gotta keep and, and I mentioned this earlier, you can never over communicate. Yeah. So you've got to just keep talking with folks and say, okay, or even saying mea culpa, we said this, it changed. Now we're doing this, or it, it didn't work. We're going to try something new. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say, you know what, we're trying, we're trying something here and it didn't work. So we're going to pivot and try this, but we're doing this because, you know, we hear you or, so just keeping that communication open and open. Mm. Leaders play a critical role, um, obviously. Um, they need, they are the ones who are walking the talk. They need to model it. So um, again, if we're saying one thing, everyone needs to be on that same page. So all the leaders need to be modeling that behavior. They need to be listening to their employees. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, they're doing the best they can too. They're trying to learn with all this new stuff going on and they may not. So for example, going from working where everyone on your team is in person to maybe everyone on your team is remote, or you've got some in person and some remote, they've never had to probably in their life, um, as a manager, had to deal with that. So how do you manage people when they're in lots of different locations like that, where there's some are at in physically there, some are at home. Um, and how do you engage people? So we're, we're um, offering training. We're doing a training that's coming up just this next month here on um, to build those tools in virtual leadership. So our leaders can, can learn how to change the way that they're leading to make sure that they're engaging people, that they're, involving them um, and doing things that aren't just so focused on um, who's here or who's away. Because it's easy to see the people you talk to every day, they're in the office. If they are, you know, you might bump into them in the in the um, break room or whatever it is. Don't forget about the people at home who you're not bumping into. Um, mm -hmm. So how do you communicate with them and make sure that everyone's on the same page? So giving them the training and the tools to be able to learn something new to deal with this this change in the world and how we're working um and then of course you know engagement is, is a big piece and um getting our new employees um brought on board during a pandemic has been challenging yeah um and so uh, we've got, again, both in-person in and people remotely who are, who are onboarding. So making sure that we have the systems in place so that we can have a meeting where you've got the people joining via Zoom or Teams, and then you've got some people who are in the room. Because we do have, I mean, with our branches, we've got people who have to work in person. That's that's yep. their job. They're, they're dealing with the members. So they've yeah. got to be in person. Um, 
We've also tried some new things like, um, you know, can we bring back some um, employees who may be retired? Can you help us out in the short term mm. or short staffs with a lot of people who may have had to leave um, to, to stay home with kids or whatever the reason. So, um, you know, looking at creative ways in the short term to help bridge gaps. Um, so you can't, again, back to the flexibility is key. Yeah. Um, you can't ignore things. You got to kind of sit down with folks and leaders and brainstorm and say, okay, this is what we're trying to solve for. Let's figure out some creative solutions on how we can address this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so while I'm disappointed that you don't have the answer, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to leave right now. <laughs> that's, I think that's the truth, right? The truth. And Andy speaking the truth that um, you have to take the time. You have to pause. You have to talk to your mm-hmm. people and find out what's going to work in this situation. And, of course, there's always some general guidelines, you know, about respect. And um, clearly your organization believes in um, resiliency and supporting employees in that. Um, And, but that it's going to be, it's going to look different and different is okay. Yes. I think that's really important. I know a lot of organizations who really want to find the answer and they want to just like broad brush it. It's like, okay, this is the answer everyone implement across the board. And that doesn't, isn't going to work necessarily. And we have to be, get comfortable with the fact that what works for me might not work for, or my team might not work for the next team. And we're okay to have some difference there. And you, you're, you're so right. Um, even amongst locations for us, there yeah. can be differences. So how we, you know, with our, with the communities that we're in, some communities, we might have much more hands-on um, populations where they don't use the online services as much as other locations. So we've got to figure out ways that we can make sure that we're communicating with our members and our community on, on how we're doing business so that they we're addressing their needs while still being safe, obviously, for our employees. But it's going to look different from one location to the other because the communities that they're, that we're in, in there um, are very different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I love that. I think it also speaks volumes for how you respect the fact that you have adults coming to work for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you know, there are so many organizations that still take on that old paradigm where, you know, the leaders feel like they need to come up with these solutions and implement them and the problem is it it very rarely hits the target. And um, it sounds like you're involving your staff in in part of that yeah. solution. And this is sort of the secret sauce, isn't it? I it mean, is. we're talking about how things are changing in this world right now. There is no getting back to the old normal. There is no old normal anymore. We just don't have it. And I think as soon as people finally get that, it will be a lot easier for them to move forward. But the fact that you're experimenting along the way, and to me, that's sort of what this is. It's the great experimentation, right? Yeah. Let's see what we let's see what we're doing and how it works for right now. And yeah, it may not work forever, but it's working right now. So let's see how it goes, and then let's let's shift gears when we need to. I love that you're doing that. I think it's um, that's what I got from what you were talking about, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That really all important piece of adaptability. Like you were saying, the experiment, uh, try something. Is it working? Is it not? Let's adjust mm-hmm. it. Let's. I and being know. open to the employees with that. You yes. know, I mean, 
if you don't say that, then they're like, what are, what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Just yeah. Being open about it. Yeah. And that's where your values, I think, come into. So mm-hmm. giving them yeah. something bedrock to say, okay, yeah, why our programs might change or our approach might change. We still, here's how it lines up around our values. And so you can count on that. So, and, right. and continue our culture, the values in the culture. And, yeah. and, you know, you just said something that, you know, Andrea, you were talking about, you know, having, being aligned with your vision and your values and your mission when you're talking about culture. And, and I think that often the vision doesn't really change that much either. Mm. So as long as you can, it may, it may change somewhat, but as long as you can attach to that one foundational piece within a vision that people can say, you know, this really does still support our vision. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 It's your North Star. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Great. All right. We're on to our last question. So looking at your future, what is coming up for you and what are you really excited about? Yeah, I, you know, gosh, the future, there's who, who knows what the future is going to bring right now. <laughs> a $50 million <laughs> question. What I, what I can say that I know is um, I just joined an organization called Chief. Um, it is a private network that is um, uh, for women, built to, to uh, bring women into positions of power and keep them there. And um, you had said earlier in my, in my bio about, you know, I was the first woman to be promoted to an executive position at a company. And, and uh, one of the things that, that I thought of after that happened was, um, you know, you sit there and you notice, wow, there's nobody like me. You know, you look mm-hmm. to the left, look to the right, there's nobody uh, like me here. So you're looking back and you think there's a lot of people who are, are coming behind me. Um, and, and you do have those people who are asking you, how'd you do that? Or what did you do? Or can you help me? Or those kinds of things. So when I saw uh, chief is a newer organization, actually from 2019, but, uh, just started in 2019. Um, but, but that's what appealed to me was I, I, I thought back to that period of time where I was looking back and seeing how can I help other people do that? And that's what this organization is, is doing. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about that. It just started this month in April. Um, and there's so many great things um, that they are doing to help women um, move into um, executive positions, chief positions, um, or uh, you know, even CEO positions. Um, and it's just, it's very exciting. So that's, that's what I'm really excited about right now. Um, and then also just DEIB work. Uh, we're really, uh, we've got a, a newer, or well, uh, we've had a community, commu- excuse me, a committee for a while, but we've got some new employees on the committee now and we're really starting to, to kind of get into our groove um, and to build out what that looks like for us here at Kitsap Credit Union. Um, and so that's exciting. I, I am kind of a sponsor of that team and there's a great group of people that are on this team. It's just so exciting to see the things that they're coming up with um, in our meetings. So engaged. Uh, it's just very inspiring. Each of, each of them is very inspiring. And so that's really exciting. So those are two that uh, I can see anyway <laughs> in my future mm-hmm. of uncertainty during this time. Yeah, absolutely. Those are all really wonderful things. And um, I was thinking about the, the DEIB committee and how that's a whole nother area that we really need to focus on mm-hmm. um, that has, of course, it's been around for a long time that we've needed to refocus on this. But certainly in the last couple of years, this has been a really important voice that that we've been able to hear. 
So loving loving that that there there's this focus in Kitsap Community Bank. I think I think it's um, wonderful and it's it's time. You yeah. know, I the more I hear about other businesses that are starting to focus on this and probably smacking their heads going, Wow, where were we all these years, right? But now, you know, it's a little uncomfortable for people who have been sort of ignoring it or or maybe not knowing what to do with it and a little uncomfortable there but now that they're getting into it and they're seeing how employees respond to this you know employees are feeling heard sometimes for the first time and and that can go it has it does volumes you know for engagement and for you know any kind of of um culture ad that you want to see you know i think that that right there is a good place to start sometimes is, you know, what do you want your legacy to be, you know, with respect to EDIB? That's great. Yeah. yeah. And how that connects, of course, so important to the community aspect as well. So of course, important for all and all organizations to be really looking at this really important topic, but also as community is so important to your business, um, that connection to back to the community. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Andy, for being with us today. This has been so much fun. (laughs) It's It's really been a treat. We really appreciate it. We are looking forward to taking your nuggets forward because quite (laughs) frankly, there's a lot. You left us with some gems that I think are going to be really helpful for our listeners. And, um, and certainly I think it's good for our listeners to hear that, you know, there are local businesses around here in this area, in our area, in the Northwest anyway, that, that are doing things that aren't so different from what they're doing. So they don't feel like they're in, you know, doing things in a vacuum and, And I think all around the country, all around the world, anybody who's listening to us can say, you know what, we're not off track. We're we're probably, not that we set that track, but we are right now. Everybody is setting it. And so, you know, you're you're doing what's working for Kitsap Credit Union, and so is, um, and anybody else working for any other business is probably doing what's best for them, or they may be wanting to and not quite knowing how to start. So this was great, this was great. Thank you so much for for sharing. Absolutely. What an insightful show. I learned so much. I hope you did too. Let's continue the conversation. If you have questions or comments about the show, you can find us on all our social media channels at lifting underscore leaders. We have more amazing podcasts coming up. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please share it with them, text them, email them, or take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and tag us at lifting underscore leaders. If you'd like to know more about us, our guests, or the show, please go to our website at liftingleaderspodcast.com. You'll find show notes there as well. Thank you to Ari Chance Roberts for his technical support of our show. Lastly, please subscribe to our podcast. It is absolutely free. Thank you so much, Crystal, for bringing us, Andrea, and for co-hosting this podcast today. Well, thank you, Trisha. It was really fun. Thank you all for listening. And we want you to find ways every day to lift each other up. Have a great week.